Hey, friends. This episode is sponsored by Mood Plus, a company with a unique and ancient solution to modern stress. Some fascinating studies have happened in recent years that have shown the impact of beneficial microorganisms on mental health, specifically a bacteria called Mycobacterium vaccae. Basically, these microorganisms interact with our immune system and promote mental well-being as well as resilience to stress and anxiety. Normally, we would be exposed to this bacteria through contact with soil and mud. That's how our ancestors did it. But as society has grown and we've better understood disease, our efforts to combat the bad microbes have also reduced our contact with the good microbes. This is where Mood Plus comes on the scene, because they are on a mission to harness the natural power of these microorganisms in order to enhance health and well-being. If you're looking for a natural, research-backed way to impact your mental well-being and boost your mood, then give Mood Plus a try. The company is called Mood Plus, but it's spelled M-U-D with an umlaut over the U. So listen close for the website because I'm going to spell it all out for you. Visit mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for 15% off your first order. Again, that's mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for a 15% discount. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Having It All podcast. I am Matthew Bivens, your balanced lifestyle coach, and I am very, very excited and grateful that you chose to hang out with me today and invest your time in a conversation about having it all. That's what we do here. We talk about what it looks like to live an abundant, loving life. And today's conversation is, is very cool. I am excited to bring it to you. I sat down with my amazing queen, my wife, my life partner, Sarah, and we had a really raw and open conversation about sex and intimacy. So about a month ago, we did a conversation about the difference between a relationship and a partnership. And it was great. If you haven't listened to it, go back. It was, again, about one month ago on this podcast, on having it all. And so recently, we sat down to talk about sex versus intimacy. And this originally aired on our other podcast, Doing It at Home. Now, what I really love about this conversation 
is the original intention was to just look at the differences between sex and intimacy, to discuss both of them, give different context around them, and talk about how you know you can be having sex without there being any intimacy. However, in our opinion, the most magical combination is when you have the two together, the sex and the intimacy. So that's the intention of this conversation. Now, what's really cool is the entire conversation takes a turn. It just goes to the left. And it ends up being almost like an interview where I'm interviewing Sarah. And Sarah is sharing very openly about her process of going from somebody who was you know, sexually shut down, sexually turned off, and how she grew and healed and eventually transformed into, you know, this sexual goddess that I know and experience today. And she drops some bombs. Like there's one part in the conversation where she shares this this belief that a an adult authority figure in her life gave her, this belief about the role of men and women in sex. And you're going to hear just how impactful that belief was and how she viewed herself and how she viewed her role in a relationship. And it just gives you such tremendous insight into the power of a belief and the power of a thought. And so my intention with letting you all in on this conversation is that simply by hearing her and I discuss this, that it starts to, or it just continues to unlock healing within yourself. Because I believe that just by tuning into a conversation like this, things are going to shift for you. Things are going to start you know, changing. Your, your perception might, might shift. Your behavior, you might be, feel inspired to change some behavior. Or at least a thought, like a new thought might be dropped in there. So that's the space that I hold for you, that you get something out of this. Even if it's not conscious, if it's subconscious, like we're going to be speaking right to the subconscious here. So I'm excited for you about that. And again, this was just a, a cool thing because we started off with one intention and then the conversation just turns and we really get into some great stuff. You know, I open up, I get vulnerable. Sarah opens up, she gets vulnerable. And what we end up with is, is a really, really magical conversation that is going to promote a lot of sexual expansion and healing and deeper understanding of, of ourselves. So I'm excited for you to check it out. I would love for you to share some feedback after you're done listening to the episode. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings. If you have further questions, if you want us to dive in deeper on these types of conversations, let me know. You can reach out to me at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com or my Instagram at Matthew underscore Bivens. And if you have a question for Sarah, just reach out to me on those two places. I'll send it along to her. I'll make sure she gets that. And yeah, yep. So like I said, this um, originally airs aired on doing it at home. And so I'm going to cut all of the chit chat that her, that Sarah and I have at the beginning, and we're going to just drop right into our conversation. Enjoy. Let's get into some sexy talk. Let's talk about sex. Our sex episodes, as we have so fondly coined them. Sex episodes. I love it. It just rolls off the tongue very nicely. <laughs> sex episode. And you know what it's about when you come here and it's us talking. It's it's going to be real. It's probably going to be funny, a little goofy, and and it's us. And that's what we want to bring to this conversation today because in our community, you know, sex and intimacy comes up a lot from listener emails to, 
social media posts and comments and things like that. It's mm-hmm. it's a hot topic and rightfully so. I think it's amazing and you know this sex episode is long overdue. So here we are. And it's part of the process of creating the babies. Yes, it certainly is. And then beyond that, you know, continuing and cultivating that energy and allowing it to fuel other things that you do beyond make babies. I mean, if you want to make more of them, yes, awesome. And, you know, I think through the birth stories that we hear, you see that connection of just that raw energy that's at play when you bring a baby into the world. And obviously we know that connection with how baby got there to begin with. And so it's not then that much bigger of a leap after that to see how that could impact other areas of your life. Oh yeah. You know, and we were just talking with a mama today who was thinking about, you know, in times of struggle or when she feels challenged, she can go back to her birth and remember that she went through that experience and I did that so I can do this. Well, you made a baby, had a baby, and so now you can use that same power and source within you. So, yeah, I just felt like saying that. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the things you're highlighting is just a slightly different way to look at sex and sexual energy in general. Yes, yes. You know, that there's a purpose for sex beyond making babies Mm -hmm. beyond it feeling good feeling pleasurable yeah beyond doing it for a sense of duty or anything like that and you know that's how that's our belief and it is a belief right right i mean everybody gets to choose what they want to believe and and we certainly believe that um that there's there's a a different alternate purpose to sex and the things that i listed and therefore the way that we approach sex and intimacy is influenced by the way that we view it. Yes. Like our lens. And that's why we wanted to talk about those two things today, sex and intimacy, because they're different. They are distinct. They are powerful when, you know, on their own. They're powerful when you overlap them together. And it's easy to get one kind of confused for the other. And we've, I believe we've done a pretty damn effective job at experiencing both at merging them and bringing them together, at uh, really utilizing the space of intimate connecting, of lovemaking to to do a lot with. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, you know, this is our space to share some of that. And like you said, it's our beliefs. So it's our experience that will expand upon because that's the only one we can really speak to and share and tie it in with, you know, where you listener might see yourself or what you might be able to take from it or where you relate or don't and want to do the opposite. But, you know, it's there as an example. And, you know, that's the cool thing about beliefs. You can shift them and you can determine in time based on the feedback that you're getting. Feedback could be how you're physically feeling, how your relationship is going, what your friends and family and how they're observing you. You know, you get to tell in time based on that feedback if you want to shift that up or if you want to keep doing things the way that you're doing. So if the way you are currently relating to sex and intimacy works for you, then keep going and and add to it and expand upon it. If it's not working for you, see how you can shift it up. Yeah, and that idea of shifting up a belief, I mean, it can be as easy as, you know, flipping a switch, uh, but it can also be but pretty it's challenging. it's usually not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like we, we enjoy going to the gym, mm-hmm. right? 
And if you're in the gym and you're doing some sort of exercise and you're telling yourself, this is hard, this is hard, this is hard, it's probably going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Your body's going to feel heavier. You're not going to feel as engaged. You're probably going to want the experience to be over. But then if you can make that switch in your brain to say, okay, I can do this, I can do this, or I can flow through this, or I'm strong enough, there tends to be some sort of experiential difference as well. Your body might do something different and the overall end result might be different because you shifted up that thought or you shifted up that belief. The ability to do that can be like flipping a switch, although sometimes, particularly in an area like sex, there's a lot of stuff that goes behind that initial thought. Yeah, There's a lot of emotion behind it. You know, if you're saying to yourself, you know, we've, we've lost our intimacy or it's, it's, everything feels so awkward or this is uncomfortable, it, it may not necessarily be like flipping a switch some people might be able to experience that in some moments, maybe more effective than others. But still the idea of it's a belief, mm-hmm. that's what I really wanted to to touch on. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a belief and we can, you can change your beliefs. And as you change your beliefs, you'll have different outcomes. Yeah. Well, you might flip the switch and then everything goes haywire and you have to go down into the basement like in our house and go to the circuit breaker and yeah, fix some yeah, stuff right. and then go back up and it might look work for a little while and then it short circuits again and then you got to go yeah. down again and rewire some stuff and maybe you even need to call in technicians and experts you know that a sex technician i bet you it exists a sex <laughs> technician i didn't know if you were continuing with the analogy or you were that's it i'm done okay let's yeah. talk about real stuff instead of um Analogous. Analogous. So sex and intimacy as concepts, as experiences, I believe you can have each without the other. They can exist independent of one another. And yet the way I see it, when they are combined in a really healthy way and you cultivate a healthy relationship and have great mindsets and habits around it, then that's where the magic happens when they can combine together sex and intimacy. But I can definitely see where you can experience intimacy without sex and you can experience sex without intimacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just think of the, like sex is just the the actual physical act Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. You can absolutely do that without there being intimacy. Any sort of connection. Yeah. I guess it's, helpful then to look at yourself how you define each of those true you know what you see as sex and then what you see as intimacy and where and how there is can can be overlap um but for what how you see it yeah i mean if we're just talking about the physical act that can absolutely happen without intimacy and in this and this we'll go ahead and define those for this conversation at least i mean intimacy the way that i love looking i love breaking it down the way that we do into me i see see. yes and for me that into me i see is all about connection connection with yourself and therefore that allows connection with whoever you're with absolutely it it implies vulnerability being really willing to look at yourself and being really willing to look at and be with your partner yeah it implies courage because those things take courage to do that you know, that's why those areas seem so scary mm-hmm. because when you step into that, you know, sexual experience, when there's, it's the intimacy that I think can, I know for me at least, it was the intimacy that would create intimidation. Sure. 
you know, because all the things that would come up, all the conversations that would come up within me, all the inadequacy conversations, all of the, how long am I going to last? Am I pleasing my partner? What does this mean about me as a man? All of that stuff comes up, you know, and that's the stuff that the into me I see. Yeah. If I don't want to be intimate, I don't want to see those things. I don't want to face those things. I don't want to have to deal with and process those things. So I'll shun the intimacy. Nope, I don't want to get intimate. Yeah. I just want to just have the act. I want the physical gratification. Pay, yeah, it's the physical gratification. Yeah. I want the orgasm. You know what I mean? And so I'll go for the orgasm. I won't go for the intimacy. Mm. And so, oh yeah, you can have one without the other for yeah. sure. Hey friends, this episode is sponsored by Mood Plus, a company with a unique and ancient solution to modern stress. Some fascinating studies have happened in recent years that have shown the impact of beneficial microorganisms on mental health, specifically a bacteria called Mycobacterium vacae. Basically, these microorganisms interact with our immune system and promote mental well-being as well as resilience to stress and anxiety. Normally, we would be exposed to this bacteria through contact with soil and mud. That's how our ancestors did it. But as society has grown and we've better understood disease, our efforts to combat the bad microbes have also reduced our contact with the good microbes. This is where Mood Plus comes on the scene, because they are on a mission to harness the natural power of these microorganisms in order to enhance health and well-being. If you're looking for a natural, research-backed way to impact your mental well-being and boost your mood, then give Mood Plus a try. The company is called Mood Plus, but it's spelled M-U-D with an umlaut over the U. So listen close for the website because I'm going to spell it all out for you. Visit mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for 15% off your first order. Again, that's mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for a 15% discount. Hey friends, this episode is sponsored by Factor, my go-to source for delicious and ready-to-eat meals. I love the work that I do, and I can find myself following an idea or a project for hours at a time, and then realize that I haven't eaten in a while. It's in those moments that I'm so grateful for Factor. First off, their meals are fresh, chef-crafted, and ready to eat, which means I don't have to spend time prepping, cooking, and cleaning up. I just get to enjoy the food. Second, since there are over 35 different meal options each week, I never get bored. I can choose from Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and more, which is great because Sarah and I have very different tastes, and now we don't have to compromise as much in the kitchen. And then there are the add-ons, which include things like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Basically, Factor has you covered through the entire day. Overall, we have found so much value in Factor, and if you're like us, then Factor might be the perfect solution for you if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Head to factormeals.com slash havingitall50 and use code havingitall50 to get 50% off. Again, that's code havingitall50 at factormeals.com slash havingitall50 to get 50% off. And so for this conversation, at least, for my context, intimacy is all about that connection, that connection within yourself, that connection with your partner, the vulnerability, the courage, the, the honesty, the authenticity, all of that is mm -hmm. the intimacy. Yeah. 
because a lot of people are having sex without any sort of intimacy or connection. A lot of babies are being made without intimacy or connection. And that's not a judgment. It just, that is what it is. And how can you, if you're interested in it, how can you become aware of that, what space you're operating from? And how can we, how can we grow more intimate with ourselves, with our partners to have great sex and and have it be pleasurable and magical and everyone wins and yeah, you know, our kids win, all of all of it. So you had a thought? Yeah, I mean and, and here's the thing as well, like you can very, very strongly desire that intimacy with your partner, but not know how to approach it or achieve it. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like in our relationship, we have had sex without intimacy mm-hmm. for sure. There have been probably many occasions, especially early or early on. Yeah. When it was like the intimacy was scary and the sex and the gratification, the physical, that's what we were going for. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can, I can say that because of how far we've come and I can look back and say, wow, those experiences versus these experiences are very different. Mm-hmm. not necessarily better or worse, just very different. And one of the big differences is the intimacy. Yeah. And so, you know, you can desire that intimacy and want that with your partner and not necessarily know how to navigate those waters. Yeah, you feel stuck. You might feel stuck. You might feel lost. You might feel, I mean, maybe the awkwardness or discomfort or whatever is just overwhelming. You know, both of you are feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. no guidance yeah who's teaching us this no one's teaching us this and where are we having real honest loving empowering conversations about it that aren't you know what you might typically see or hear about you know a group of women around some cocktails gossiping or a group of men sitting around some beers doing that or you know like that's kind of what comes to mind when you think about where conversations around communication or excuse me where conversations around sex and intimacy are probably going on in groups like that it's probably not the most empowering we'll talk about it in in like with you personally so like Mm -hmm. for example with me i did not want to be fully honest with my guy friends Mm -hmm. about certain feelings i had i'll share the things that will help me to to look like the sexual conqueror yeah I'll, I'll, uh, you know, but this is, this is back in the day. Like I would speak of myself and the experiences, you know, like I was the man. Right. And I might, I might crack the door a little bit around something truthful that was vulnerable, but it was always in a, like a safe vulnerability. Sure. It I didn't talk about what was really going on. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the fears that I really had. It wasn't years later, probably till after I started my podcast that I was really like, Okay, this is the actual stuff that went on in my head as I was experiencing X, Y, and Z. And so that's what was going on in my friend groups. Yeah. What about you? Talk about like what was going on in your friend groups. Mm. How how real and raw and honest and vulnerable were you getting? Not very. Not very. I mean, it might get explicit in terms of, and I say explicit meaning like you'd details. get down into the details of yeah. things, but, you know, not... Not vulnerable. No, not conversations around intimacy. And so, you know, like I said, who's who's teaching us this or yeah. who's modeling this? And, you know, for many of us, the idea of our, the most formative intimate relationship we see is that of our parents. 
And then say your parents were divorced, like a lot of people oh, out like there of and you don't see both of your parents interact together. You know, it's, yeah, who who's teaching you, who's teaching us this? And then when you're in the midst of it, trying to navigate it both for yourself and then with your partner and then throw in one or two kids and there's this whole dynamic now and you just, yeah, it can easily feel defeating and this huge daunting thing and at times like it's not even worth really getting through the stuff going through it because the the mountains just seem so insurmountable like that's a great point being tired we already have two kids or one kid or or whatever that is you know it's just the things add up and and that pile gets so high and it just becomes like i just don't know if that's worth it just going through all that stuff and let's just make do with what we've got and let's just you know have some sex maybe we'll have a few great date nights here and there you know we love each other of course but eh, eh. you know like this kind of settling thing that i think just is is too easy to to fall into at times because that that real intimacy scares us i absolutely have had very many settling conversations in my mind over the years, mm. different partners, probably early on with you, like, okay. Because for me, I was just terrified to express what I wanted to experience. I just yeah. wouldn't express it. I was terrified to express if I found somebody else attractive, you know, like somebody we saw on TV or, you know, at a restaurant or something, just did not have the courage to really authentically put it out there and so i had a lot of conversations of well i really would like the the experience that's probably never going to happen so let me just get okay in my mind with that not happening Mm -hmm. and what i would always do is because that energy wasn't going anywhere and we understand everything is energy and energy doesn't get destroyed so that energy of that desire wasn't going anywhere so I would have a backdoor outlet in porn. Yeah. So all the things that I wanted to experience, whether it was you or another partner or whatever, like if, if I told myself it wasn't going to happen in my actual relationship, it would happen over there. I, I just have to imagine that type of thing goes on all yeah, over the place. Yeah, that trap. Yeah, like if it, you know, for me the amount of courage it took to share honestly in the relationship I was in, how I was feeling and what I wanted to desire was just, I, I, it was too much. Yeah. Like I, I didn't have, it was too scary. Mm-hmm. The risks were too high. The, I think I felt a lot of shame and guilt. Like my, the things I wanted to experience were wrong. And so like having those intimate conversations, just, I didn't want to have them. Yeah. And so then to your earlier point, I think when you get in that space and you just decide that you aren't going to step closer and through your comfort zone around the conversation of intimacy and, you know, sexual connection, all that, then you, you it's very easy to start to say, okay, well, let me kind of dial back what I expect to experience in my relationship. Yeah. Let me lower that bar a little bit. Let me work on getting okay with getting, not having the experience that I want. Yeah. And I think that we can be, we can be pretty darn effective at that. Yeah. 
when you were describing some of your experience, what came up for me, you know, you talked about the, you said the back door of porn or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is my escape hatch over yeah, here. Yeah. 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 Which I don't know why, but like back door and porn in the same <laughs> sentence <laughs> kind of threw me for a second, but I'm, I'm cool. You're back. Um, I'm here. Have you returned? My porn was emotional porn. So intimacy porn, you know, like fake, uh, like processed food version of intimacy in the form of, you know, books, movies, songs, you know, and that's where I would kind of get that fixed, so to speak. And I'm sure I'm not alone in there. And the idea, this false idea, like someone who's has a unhealthy relationship to porn thinks that's what sex looks like. You know, I'm sure I had a skewed view of what a relationship looks like in terms of the dynamics and romanticism and power dynamics and and levels and codependency and jealousy. And so what I was cooking up and thought I wanted as far as a relationship and the intimacy and the sex in it was not really based in reality. But then also that, say there was a healthier version of that, I wasn't certified to even have that. And by that, I mean, I wasn't doing any of the inner work necessary to attract anything like that. And so whether you're already in a relationship or not, I think the level and the degree to which you're willing to work on yourself and take responsibility for your beliefs and your stuff around all of this, around sex and intimacy, that how willing you are to do that is going to impact the level of the kind of magical relationship you can have. Does that make sense? So for you, yeah. what was it that, what was it that shifted within you to where you said it's worth to start doing that work? Because prior to that, maybe the the cost, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it was two things. I think I I reached a, a very poignant stage in my life probably in 2011 2012 when I was just sick of my own shit (laughs) and by that I mean just sick of all the stuff that you know the the relationships that didn't work the how I felt about myself how I felt about men how I don't know you just like get sick of stuff like there was that breaking point of like I'm sick of this. And I think it it came simultaneously with this acceptance that no one's going to save me. Meaning no partner is going to come in on that white horse and change everything. That's not how it's going to work. And if someone does come in and try and do that, that might be a temporary relief of sorts, maybe a Band-Aid, but I'm going to go back to being exactly who I was before that happened because I'm not doing anything to change that. So I think it was this kind of simultaneous thing of being totally sick of the stink of my own shit and realizing that no one was going to take care of me for me. And what was this? What was your own shit? Like, What did that actually look like? codependency in relationships using sex to get the things that I wanted 
you know, in, in, in kind of unconscious manipulative ways to keep the relationship. So have more sex to put off the other things that we're not addressing or, or talking about or doing or putting all of my emotional eggs in the basket of some other person and expecting them to care for them and know what to do with them and be the steward of them. It's like, that's not anyone's responsibility. So if if you were sensing the relationship was starting to cool off and you didn't want that, would your reaction or response be to increase the sex? Probably. I mean, can you remember if that was? You're just using it as a distractionary kind of tactic from whatever was going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, I feel like this is this is a glimpse into what people actually think and do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so easy to to talk about, you know, the, the stepping into the comfort zone or yeah. or staying in your fears, but like we don't. And I just say we as in the, like the general. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many places where we actually get into like, what were you actually fucking thinking? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say something that a formative parental figure told me when I was young and it stuck with me for a while and it really fucked with me. And it was that girls give sex for love and boys give love for sex. Girls give sex for love Mm -hmm. to receive love. Yes. And boys give love. Oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) That really messed with me. And they told and they told you that like, hey Sarah, this is you need to know like this a about way the of world. the world kind of thing. Oh my gosh! And I I can see how I played that out. Yeah. I I put that into I gave it arms and legs. I breathed life into it, and so I think in lots of ways I used sex as like a keep loving me keep loving me type of thing i'll keep giving you this thing that i know that you want and then you can give me what i want and you know the barometer of a great relationship is obviously how much sex you're having and so yeah and it was in relationships too so i didn't have sex outside of relationships for you know thankfully for myself because i think if i was doing that on top of how i was already operating in relationships that would (laughs) i would have had a lot more things to peel back and work through. So it was, it was just in relationships. It wasn't, I wasn't having um, sex with people, which that's cool. Not, you know, however you, however you do you boo. So I don't know what, I don't intend this to become like an interview. Oh gosh. But I'm learning stuff. This you is are. I'm okay. Stuff. Um, okay. So Women give love for sex. No. no. Women give sex for love. Yeah. And men give love for sex. That was Which, the thought. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm sure someone heard that and was like, oh, damn. Oh, yeah. I know people who like, just heard that. And when they were did like, I do that? Yes. When am I doing that right now? Like, when yes. in my relationship am I dead ass tired from everything that's going on? I'm not loving myself. I'm not taking care of myself. But, you know, my husband or my partner wants to have sex and... I have to have sex with him right now because he wants to. And if I don't do it right now, he's not going to love me. He's not going to want me anymore. He's going to go have sex with someone else. He's going to go jerk off to porn. He's like, uh, yes, that's happening right now. I better, I better give it up right now so that he's happy and everything. Yeah. And I don't need to mentally be there or emotionally be there. Like it's just, you know, just a vagina, just a body. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got this thought that you shared was implanted by some parental figure. You know, the women and men and the reasons for sex and all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how long ago, 30 minutes ago, we were talking about <laughs> being able to shift a thought. You know, like you can change your thoughts. And then as a result, a lot of other things might change. Can you talk about maybe what was it that started to help you shift that thought and, and change that belief? Loving myself. What do you mean by that? At a small level, so I'm thinking about just starting super basic level, what that looked like was the combination of little habits that when they got added together, started changing how I was feeling about how I woke up in the morning, was changing how I looked at relationships and what they were. So some of those habits, meditating, going to therapy, running, which I'd already been running most of my life, but just running in a different way, working out, not drinking alcohol anymore. How did... How did any of those other than the therapy, because I could see you go to therapy and you talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. How could any of those address your, you know, the, what, whatever you would quote unquote diagnose yourself with? Like, was it a self-worth thing that you felt like you were having that as to where? It had to have been. So how did any of those habits that you mentioned help with that? something shifted where I started to see them as doing them for myself. So doing the meditations for myself because I was willing to trust that by putting in some time on these things that there would be results at some point. I didn't know exactly when they would be and I was open to them shifting around but I had I had to commit to something. I had to I had to because, like I said, I was sick of what I had been experiencing. So I think it was just this willingness that things could change if I looked at them differently. Yeah, I get that. And it was it was the first time in my young adult life for an extended period of time where I wasn't in a relationship. So this was before you and I really locked in. And that that's when a lot of stuff really started shifting for me. It was right before you and I really got together. So and I'm grateful for that. And so I, I think not being in a relationship was also a great setup for that too because I wasn't looking to someone else for their validation that I was doing these things. I wasn't looking to do it to be a better partner for this person. I was looking to do it to just be a better me because I was really sad and I felt really broken. And what what did you what were you withholding? Like, you know, you're in you with your partner. They want sex. You have that thought that then kicks in that part of the reason why I'd give sex is for love. So let me go ahead and do that. I'm just curious, like in those moments, what did you actually want to say? What did you actually want to do? What did you actually want to express that you were withholding? Mm. Because where I'm going with this is, I also want to hear, and I'm going to share my experience as well. When did you start healing that in the actual bedroom? Because mm. we both understand that like, 
if there's something sexually sexual that went on that that needs healing like ultimately you got to get back in the bedroom to heal it right it's like if i if a parent threw me in a pool and i got this fear of water because somebody threw me in the pool when i was five years old i can talk about it all day long outside yeah. of the water but it isn't until i get back in the damn pool that i can actually heal through it yeah so that's like the two-parter for you i'm curious like what did you actually want to express in those moments mm-hmm. that you then didn't yeah and then when and how what did you actually work on healing it in the bedroom so when i think about what i would have really had been wanting to express something along the lines of i want to know i matter i want to know i'm important to you i want to know that i'm worthy a lot of kind of validation seeking probably through their words or through their actions? Both, both. So I felt like in a number of my formative relationships before you that I wasn't near the top of the list of anything else that was going on in people's lives. And that was hard for me. And Uh, and I don't, it's, it's interesting, you know, looking back on it now, thinking about that, you know, I felt second or third or even fourth to other things or entities or experiences or obligations. So it was wanting to feel like number one, I guess, wanting to feel like a priority and how that started healing. Well, I feel like through that loving myself process that I described and you asked what some of that specifically looked like, it was because I didn't make myself a priority. I tried to make a relationship a priority without doing the same service for myself. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was, I can now see not coming to the table whole and complete in my own self. And I was expecting someone else to do that for me. And to motivate them to want to do that for me, I guess, was to give the thing or do the things that would inspire that, would motivate that. Like, hey, look what I'm doing for you. I'm like the awesome, I'm like the best girlfriend ever. Oh. So that should get you to want to be better for me. Oh, yeah. I could play, could play the martyr really well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, look at what I'm willing to sacrifice and look at how I'm willing to lose myself for the sake of either supporting you and your dreams and your visions or to be the most dutiful partner there ever was and yeah, wanting that recognition. Yeah. I feel like that's so relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, like look at all the things that I'm doing for you. Yeah. Why aren't you appreciating them? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you recognizing me for them? Why aren't you trying to be better for, you know, be better for me or why aren't you trying to like, oh. Yeah. And so I had to look at for myself, why did I need that? Yeah, why why do I need that? Why am I coming from that place? What's what's causing this this lack scarcity space that I'm coming from? And it's just that I wasn't loving myself through it. Now, were those intentional conscious conversations or things that you were thinking about? Mm-mm. So, looking back, you're now thinking about that. So, so like in the, some of those relationships. They ended, and when they ended, were you still wondering, 
why didn't this person love me better? Why didn't this person change for me? Or yeah, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they rise to the potential that I saw in them for me? Was I not worth that? Was I not? How could I have possibly poured more into that situation? I couldn't have because yeah. I gave everything. So, so then what? What? What does that mean about me? What does that mean about you? What does that mean about my prospects of ever finding a relationship that's going to work? What is, yeah, a lot of question marks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So then somewhere along the lines, you heard or started thinking or whatever, picked up this thought of like, let me start doing things for me. Yeah, because it's clearly not working to try to find myself in someone else. Was that kind of some of what motivated that? Like, you know what? This isn't working over here. So I may as well start meditating and running and eating better. Like, yeah, I was I was getting a lot of feedback that shit wasn't working. So like I told you, I was just sick of how I felt physically, emotionally. I was really sad. I felt really lonely. I felt really broken. And then my actual body started breaking. You know, I had two life-altering surgeries in the course of a couple of weeks and a week in the hospital. And, you know, it was a hernia surgery gone wrong. And then I had this crazy infection and, you know, all my organs started shutting down. It's like, it's all, you know, we also, another belief we throw in there is the connection of it all and how our bodies are telling us things. And I think my body was just done with, with me (laughs) and everything from my thought patterns to the people I was betting to, to all of it. It was just like, stop girl, like stop. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Again, it's great. I didn't expect this. To do I like didn't expect interview. this at all. <laughs> it's funny. It's like we go in with the intention of, all right, let's talk about this. You know, we have a couple of notes in this and that, but I just love how it organically goes because this is so connected to sex and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like if you are unwilling to look at those things, then there's not going to be any real true intimacy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you might have those moments where, you know, you're sitting on the hood of your car, listening to music, looking at stars with your partner. Like, you know, those are, those are great moments. But the into me I see, the true depth, like you are opening yourself up and there is nothing between you and who you really are. Yeah. There's no clothing to mask all, you know, who you are. There's no literal like, or figurative mask on your face. You aren't playing this character. It's just you. Yeah. Like that shit is, can be terrifying, you know? And so it's, I, I think we got to talk about it because it's a process to go through that, to get to where both of us were to where we are. Yeah. You know? I want to go back for a second because I don't want to leave it unaddressed. You did ask a second part to that question of, you know, something to the extent of when did I start healing it? Actually oh, yeah, in the yeah. bedroom and, and all of that. So, I mean, the real answer to that question, when did the experiential start matching with the mental and the emotional? Honestly, probably five years ago. It's not even that long ago. And I think that's... And by the way, we've been together... Eight years. Eight years. I, I think it's because... Well, it doesn't really... The why doesn't really matter so much to me. Like, why then and why... It's... It was just that process for me of really getting with me and then it was helpful, not necessary, but beautiful and helpful to have a partner in you who was also working on himself to then support each other in unpacking our stuff and sharing it with other people and utilizing resources and things outside of each other, because that's a whole other thing too. You know, if if you're navigating these waters and so is your partner, and we just talked about earlier, no one's really teaching us how to do this stuff. And so you are both in real time trying to figure this thing out together and then pinging back off each other with all your junk. It's like, that can be an uphill battle when it's just the two of you trying to navigate this whole thing and you bring all of your biases and you want to support each other the best you can. But I think what happens a lot in our relationships, especially when we're working on stuff that's sticky and uncomfortable and whatever, it's like, I like analogies, so I'm going to go here for a second. It's like we both have our own assignments our own class assignments, but we're looking over each other's shoulders and trying to critique and do each other's stuff when we <laughs> have our own unique yes. assignments. And that is trouble. That's trouble when we try to do each other's homework, you know, or try to do each other's projects. You know, we have our unique assignments. So anyway, that's all kind of to the side, but five, six years ago, maybe. And I think it was just the time just sheer time it takes for things to sink in and to process and, you know, think about all the stuff that we're carrying with us probably go decades deep. And it took a long time to lay those things down. And so now you're in this setting where stuff's starting to open up or you're open to new ideas and you're open to healing. Well, just to be patient with yourself in that process, because that takes time. It takes time to heal deep wounds or clean out things that are really, you know, dirty. It, that stuff takes time. So 
I think it's important to say that. Yes. Because it, you know, having the partners who are willing, both parties or however many parties are in your relationship mm-hmm. are willing to to go there within themselves. You know, like if you do this for yourself, meaning you go and you look at, at all the stuff and you just work on it, like you'll find that it takes time. Yeah. You know, and going back to one of the things we said early on, the paradigm around sex that has shifted for us, where we view sex as a space for healing. Yeah. Like if you don't view your sexual intimacy and sexual energy and lovemaking as a space for healing, then you may not approach it like that. Right. And if there is some sort of event that you experience that has left some sort of scar on you emotionally or otherwise, and you don't believe that that scar can get worked on or the thing can get addressed in the bedroom, then, you know, I hope you find another place to be able to address it. We have found that it helps as if you adopt this paradigm that, you know, what sexual energy can actually heal. Mm-hmm. It can yep. heal physically, it can heal emotionally. And th- that context has been a game changer for us. Yeah. Because then what has happened is you've already shared a lot of the stuff that, that you brought into the relationship from your sexual past. Mm -hmm. You know, I've shared about the things that I brought into the relationship from sexual past. And we both can look at our coming together to make love as a space where, or not even to make love, our our, our coming together to move that sexual energy, however we choose to express it in that moment. Mm -hmm. It might be lovemaking. It might be fellatio and cunnilingus. It might be intimate massaging. It might be just breathing together, holding Mm -hmm. each other and breathing. Whatever it is that we choose to express in that moment, we come into it with the utilizing that space for healing. And so it's like when the space is created for healing, then I know for myself, I felt more comfortable allowing some of that stuff to come up. Yeah. Whether it was a thought that would come up and I wouldn't just immediately suppress it, but I would let the thought come up and like look at it with a little bit more perspective a little bit more objectively you know the thought of she won't be satisfied if you don't make her come Mm -hmm. well right now we're not actually having sex i'm not actually touching her yoni so we're just we're just breathing and doing massage so is that thought really true is that idea really true you know like because the we both were approaching the space as a healing space it like gave me permission to allow that thought to come up and then i could be with that thought and think about it. And then what we would even do afterwards, we'll talk about what came up for us during the the massage or yeah. whatever. I'm like, babe, you know what came up for me? Like this thought of like, I'm only a man if I make her come multiple times and she squirts across the room. It's like, that's what came up for me when I was massaging your back. And I just had a chance to deal with that. Like, like th- we're, I'm just letting you in on our, on our actual process mm-hmm. as to how we actually cultivate intimacy and healing utilizing the bedroom or the you know the the space the sexual connecting space to do that mm. and what it, what it results is the trust goes really high between us you know i trust myself honestly that's probably first and foremost like yeah. i trust myself that the next time that thought comes up i'll be able to handle it powerfully or the next time a belief comes up that i picked up from somewhere else like it won't you know, completely 
shut me down so my penis stops working my erection goes away and now i'm scared and all that like i can actually feel like i can i'm capable of of dealing with those thoughts and those things and so that increases intimacy and then when we talk about what does come up that increases intimacy and then when we when we're both coming together for this for the same thing like we're coming together for that purpose of healing or manifesting or whatever and like we're we're both aligned in that that creates intimacy mm. and that's just bedroom intimacy because yeah. there's so much other intimacy there's many forms and yeah like the things that we do i'm i'm like sitting up now i'm getting into this <laughs> like the things that we do throughout the day like we work together and we see each other all the damn time so on a day like today we've been around each other from like 6 a.m mm-hmm. and it's going on what time is it now 4 20 it's 4 20 we're looking at the clock we're like oh we got to get our kids soon <laughs> so we've been together the whole time and throughout the day there's been all these little sprinkles of intimacy from the booty pats to the kisses you like to throw your arms around me and give me a big kiss i do to doing yoga together and yeah. having a coffee date and you know what i mean like those are all opportunities for us to cultivate our intimacy by 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 being kind to each other yeah by being thoughtful for one another hey i'm making this do you want some mm-hmm. by physical touch by speaking each other's love languages yeah love languages you know and so all of that stuff builds that intimacy so then we get into the bedroom or on the couch or whatever and now the intimacy's there and then you add the sex on top of it and as you said at the top of the episode, it's just magical. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. But that intimacy piece, into me I see. Mm-hmm. That's the scariest part. Scariest part. Yeah, looking at yourself. Yeah. And being willing to like own it. Because mm-hmm. then those circumstances that come up, which are super common, probably all too common, of say one partner's in a space to move sexual energy, have sex, be intimate, and one's not, Mm -hmm. it's through that practice of that intimacy that you can get beyond those moments that can otherwise kind of cause a big breakdown and maybe have a multi-day sort of funk in your house or in your situation. You know, it's when you are releasing those tempting codependency habits and are really in ownership of yourself and your emotions and your sexuality and your own intimacy that one partner could be zigging and the other one could be zagging and yet you'll find your way back to your your common ground in, mm-hmm. in your time. So what that looks like for us is say one of us is in the mood to either be intimate or have sex or both and the other is not and that's either been expressed or shared. It's about having the maturity and the high level of transparency to acknowledge that. And, you know, partner A says to partner B, you know, I understand you have your things and you're in a certain space and I'm not in that space. So go do what you need to do to take care of yourself. I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself and let's reconvene when we're ready. Yeah. I mean, let's just give a real example. Because that has happened to us recently within the past week Mm -hmm. where you were in the mood to connect and I wasn't. And that is a great opportunity for both. It was an awesome opportunity for you to express what you 
wanted to experience. Right. And not take how you responded as a cue to never express it again. Which is so easy to do. That comes it's like, up. I'll say I'll put this out there, but if they say no, I'm never gonna put it out there right? again. Right. So there's that and there's also not taking it personally on where you are at and understanding that I am the ruler of my dominion. Yes. And I don't have to take that personally. It's not a slight to me. It's not that you love me any less. It's not that you want me any less or you're any less attracted to me. And I'm going to go do then what I need to do. So that's on one side of it, what might be going through the mind and how you process. And then for your party. Yeah, or just me. I'm not even going to I'm not even gonna talk about the other party. I'm like talking about specifically me. Cool. You know, because that situation came up. You know, you were you wanted to connect and you expressed it. And when I when I heard it, I kind of did that like scan, like, and where am I at in this moment? Do I feel like I'm in a space to connect in this moment? And my answer to myself was no. And so I think most of the time I wouldn't express that the way that I did the other night. Like maybe I would try to give other hints or other things or say, you know, it, you know, it's four o'clock and I know that you're, that our time to possibly connect would be at nine after the kiddo goes down. So it's like, I got, I got time to get myself in that mode. But for the other day, for whatever reason, I just shared honestly. I said, you know what? In this moment right now, I don't, I don't feel it. But I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but something like that. In this moment, I don't feel that. But I'm open to, to, to connecting and getting myself, like moving that energy within myself. And then you did what you just said. You didn't take it personally. You didn't let my response cause you to never say anything again. Yeah. And you went and just did your own thing. And, and kept yourself at that that high queen space of just you know floating in your awesomeness, and then just trusted that I was gonna do my thing. And if if it ended up with us connecting and love making, beautiful. And if it didn't, it didn't. You know. And so then, I think I said what I would like to do is, I think I said something like this: like I would like to hang out, watch a show, like hang out on the couch together with our phones away, and just be intimate i think i said something like that do you remember no no i don't which is rare for me but here we are i wish you did because we were i remember i said like i want to put the phones away yeah i i will watch our show but we'll do it in like a connected way that sounds accurate yeah so something like that Uh, because i i just kind of knew in myself that just because the engine wasn't warm right then doesn't mean it wasn't gonna get warm Um, and then intimacy built and the connection built and we ended up making love. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's a great scenario that you brought up. One person puts it out there and the other person feels however they feels, says whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, those are great moments to practice being honest, to practice holding space for yourself, to practice not taking something personally. You know, like my answer had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And that's you know you trusted that um and then to continue to hold space for that connection to happen and that i mean i don't know i gave ourselves props for that experience that's your role today you're giving us all the props for for our things well just because that wouldn't always happen yeah no i get it yeah like in our relationship that wouldn't always happen Mm -hmm. one of us puts it out there and then the other is yes or no and or the feeling of obligation. 
Mm-hmm. So to just be honest about it, I mean, I think what that does for me is I trust more that I can ask for what I want and I can I can reply with what's real for me. And I can trust that you are going to be able to answer and and relate to it in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you trust that you could the same thing for me. Yeah. And it's like, we both had to be a little courageous in that moment. You had to be courageous to put out there what you wanted to experience. And I had to be courageous to give my authentic response. Yeah, speak your truth. Yeah. And then we both had to trust that the other person was going to handle our trust with maturity. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, the, the, I just think everything goes up. Everything was uplifted. Mm-hmm. So I know wow. this kicked off around sex versus intimacy and the differences. And I hope that, I hope that we leave everybody listening with some insights into yeah. how we have actually processed these things. Like where we were years ago, even within our own relationship, but years ago with how we viewed sex versus how we viewed intimacy how we avoided looking at ourselves like the into me i see we did we weren't doing that it was all about the other person and what we wanted to get out of the other person or what we felt we had to do and then how we just slowly navigated cracking ourselves open and peeling back layers and seeing what was there and not judging what was there and just gently you know working with it yeah and and then using the the space of of sexually intimate connecting as a space for healing. And it heals as we are honest, as we are vulnerable, as we trust ourselves and trust one another, as we share openly, as we express ourselves, as we don't avoid the things that are uncomfortable. Like you can't avoid this stuff. If you have, if you want any shot of things improving, you can't avoid it. It's not, as you said, babe, you were like, I just, you know, at some point you realize you couldn't just wish it to get better. Mm. You, you can't, it's not gonna get better. You, you gotta actually step into it. That's the only way, that's the only way. And you can't expect your partner to just change and just do it. Cause that's part of your opportunity to heal if you think it's all on your partner. Yeah. That's part of your opportunity as well. Cause it's co-created. Yeah. You know, you are, you. however, however many people are in your little relationship, two, three, four, whatever, all of you are creating it together. Mm-hmm. And I think as everybody, decide that they're going to turn the lens back on themselves and really look at themselves and really explore what comes up, what disempowering beliefs, what unhealthy thoughts, all of that stuff that all goes into that soup that then, you know, gets poured out on the bedroom. Like as you do that, you can create some beautiful intimacy, some really powerful connected moments. You can have like an incredibly amazing sexual relationship where, as you said, love, you combine the two things, the sex and the intimacy. Yeah. That's the the magic combo right there. (laughs) Woo. How you feeling? I feel spent (laughs) in a great way, but that, yeah, lots, lots to think about and like continue to marinate and process on this stuff is not one and done. It's always evolving and always finding new ways of healing and new 
things that come up that you didn't realize were there until you reach a higher level of understanding of yourself. And then you're able to look at things that you weren't able to look at before, like how I was able to unpack and kind of process from a non-emotionally charged way, all the things that I was talking about, you know, from my past that comes from being at the place that I am now Yes, to be able to look at that. And so there's where I am now. There's where I was then. And I honor all of those points along the way because they were all integral into getting to me to where I am now. And what's happening right now is integral in getting to me, getting me to where I'm going to be next. So wherever you are at right now to honor where you're at, acknowledge it as a point in your journey and that we can always continue exploring and asking and connecting. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm so happy you said that because just the mere fact that an episode like this or a conversation like this appeals to you, it means that some sort of healing is taking place. For sure. Like everything that we just talked about is speaking to you on a conscious and subconscious level. It's connecting. And I absolutely believe that the next time that you are in an intimate space, or maybe not the next time, but at some point in the future, like this stuff is going to come up, you know, meaning the reminders of, of addressing the things and looking at yourself. Like just because you listen to this conversation, there are things happening within yeah. you that are moving in that direction of, of healing and creating a more empowering experience. So I love that you said, just honor where you're at. Mm -hmm. Just honor where you're at. Honor it. Because then I think that allows you to move forward. Yeah. Huzzah. Cool, mama. Thank you all so much for listening. You are incredible. If you have any follow-ups to this ah, and yeah. want to have dialogue, be sure to email us, hello at diahpodcast.com. You can message us on Instagram, diahpodcast, or join our private Facebook group, Doing It At Home Birth Group, and we can do a live on this or have some more conversations around this. So do that. You're awesome. Thank you. We love you all. Love you. Peace. quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>